You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. All right, guys. Welcome back. So, um, Ahmed, you're ready to scale. And I'm not. (laughs) Scale's a big word, though. I don't... Yeah. Like, I don't... That word... Grow. Sorry. 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 I did. Yeah. I put that word in your mouth. You did say grow. You did say grow. It does. It does evoke some uh, uncomfortable feelings in my gut when I hear the word scale, um, which is kind of funny, but yeah, grow. I, I think it's probably the more, we're not trying to double, right? Like it's not like we're trying to blow the thing open. I think we're looking for between now and end of year, like 20 to 30% growth, which in most industries sounds like crazy aggressive in ours sounds <laughs> Sounds pretty unaggressive, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take it. I'll take 20, 30% growth this year. That's also an interesting statement. It sounds unaggressive in our space. Although I would probably argue that statement <clears throat> in some way from our space, mainly because it seems like, uh, I can't go a week, maybe a few weeks without now hearing of someone in our space who grew too fast, too aggressively and burnt out and either shut the doors or is now going to work for somebody else because I think they got caught up in maybe that term scale and or the, you know, oh my God, if you're not doubling, tripling your business every whatever insert very unrealistic short time frame in the rest of the world, <laughs> then then you're not cut out for this and they're, they're dropping like flies. It feels like, but 20, 30% growth. Yeah. Any other business, if you did that year over year, you're doing pretty good. It's, it's funny. And and I've, I've kind of, it's kind of gotten old, right? Like seeing people that we maybe started with, you know, a few years ago, or, you know, I, I remember being in masterminds with you and like, there were people that started after us that surpassed us very quickly and I remember being like, wow, what, what are they eating? Like, <laughs> how is that happening? Right. And I remember putting them on a pedestal and they're by and large out of business today. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. getting really old and it's unfortunate. And I have some friendships with these people and I feel bad for them, but no, there's, there's something to be said there about growing too fast before you're ready. Um, I think if I reflect on my experience over the past few years, I'm fortunate in that every challenge that was dealt to me in every season of the business, I was just barely able to overcome. Like it wasn't too great for me to bear. It didn't present an existential risk to the business, but it tested me and it challenged me sufficiently for me to grow to the next challenge. And I think what happens in a lot of these cases, people scale too fast or go too fast. Also, frankly, I got to say age is a factor. Oh yeah. We're We're, old. You know, we're old. (laughs) We're We're like, we're old. We're arguably OGs in the space. No, you know, and I, and, and, I, and I'm sure we have listeners who are older than us, you know, Greg's what you're 40, is it give or take in a few weeks, in a few weeks as of okay. the time of recording it. All right. Well, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> I'm 38 in a few months uh, as of the time of this recording. A lot of the people in our space are mid twenties late. Like, you know, Hermosi's what? Not even 30 yet. He's like 32. I don't, I think yeah. he just is about to turn 32 or something. I, I, I got to believe that's a factor. 
We've just been through more stuff well, yeah, than most people. But he didn't burn out. I mean, he's he's rocking and rolling. He's but a very special from case. The, he, he, in he's, that case, yeah, he's a special case. Yeah. But well, so I think you know where where you were going with this is that there's. Um, you know, you're at a season where you've kind of alluded to your, you know, by the end of the year, you want to get to 20 to 30% growth, um, which that has not been a, uh, like you haven't really been thinking about growth the last year ish. Um, you've been kind of in a season of stabilization, optimization, kind of call it preparing for the next stage of growth. And I feel like we were in a growth period and I kept trying to grow and the business kept telling me to stabilize and I ignored those things. And so I think that actually created some pain that I'm now trying to, I guess, optimize now so that I or course correct fix now so that I can get back to saying, Hey, this is the growth goal. And you know, when might that, when, when might we hit that, you know, the starting line for growth again? So I think let's talk about, uh, why you entered the season of stabilization, what you've been focused on and now why you know that you're ready to grow again. Yeah. And and also I think real quick, let's define terms. We're talking about revenue growth. And I think that's an important distinction. You can be growing as an organization, remember this is the Becoming CEO podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You can be growing, you have an organization, it's not about you alone, as an organization and not see revenue growth. You know, to me, this is how I reconcile this whole, that this adage that you know, you're either growing or dying. I agree, that's not limited to revenue growth. Correct. There are many different forms of growth. In fact, all the other forms of growth ultimately are required for revenue growth to be sustainable and healthy. Right. I'm talking about growth in your team, growth in your offer, growth in your delivery, growth in your culture. That those are all very important forms of growth. Yeah, and those are I'd say those are things that we've been focused on and the one word that didn't get thrown out there, which I think kind of is a byproduct of a lot of those things is profit. Um oftentimes, you know, our businesses bite like by design are meant to be highly profitable. But obviously if you're in a season of growth hiring, uh, you know, before you might be ready, um, whatever, investing in ads or, or whatever that might look like, oftentimes the profitability does come down. And I'd say that while we have built our business with kind of profit first in mind, um, like the, the, from the book, Mike McCallowitz wrote, um, like in this season of stabilization and kind of course correction for the lack of a better term, um, we do need to optimize for optimized profits. And, and when I look at why it's felt like we haven't been able to grow, it's because there was little margin, <laughs> You know, so is that something that came up for you in kind of the the season of when you entered, uh, like, I guess to, yeah, to start this conversation off then, why did you enter this season of stabilization in the first place? Yeah. It's interesting. 
I, I never built my business with profit first in mind. In fact, it's it, and I don't even necessarily agree with the, the the entire concept. I think parts of it I agree with. I'll tell you what I mean yeah. by that. Um, yeah. We have not deliberately deliberately tried to grow revenue for the past year and a half. It might even be two years. If I'm fuzzy on timeline, but at least in a year, a, a, the last year and a half, we haven't deliberately tried to grow. That means no increase in ad spend, no increase in revenue targets, none of that stuff. We've just been trying to stay consistent at a certain number month in and month out. Right, stabilization. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happened in that time is a lot of marketing evolution, a lot of team evolution, a lot of sales team turnover, you know, uh, product upgrades, um, shifts to, to to that were required based on changes in the market, all kinds of things, right? So mm-hmm. we've been busy growing, just not revenue. And my my focus in that in that period has been stabilization, but more specifically getting myself into my zone of genius, my sweet spot, what, um, what Dan Sullivan calls my unique ability, like really positioning myself in the business in the best possible way. So I can have the highest possible contribution to the business. That's been more important to me than profit. So what that meant was I would hire, um, if it meant profit margins, take a beating, but I get to lock in to a better position, place, contribution in the business. And that's really been yeah, the story the last, really, last couple of years. That's really interesting because I was having a conversation uh, with Lisa, who's like my number two. Um, and, uh, you know, I was um, uh, caught in comparison zone of like talk. I was referring to somebody else that... Um, had like fewer team members, yada, yada, yada. And she called, she made a comment that just aligned with what you said in a different way that hit me. And she's like, well, like you have different, you're in a different situation and also like life circumstance. Like in my marriage, my schedule is the one that's actually the flexible one, not my wife's. Um, And so like I do have smaller profit margins because I do have extra people that currently make my business feel bloated in ways, but free me up to have all of the flexibility to like stay home with my daughter. Cause we, the whole family just got COVID and like, I I'm, I do like when I do spend my time, I am spending a lot more of it on my unique ability, the, you know, to use the word use, but that also comes at a cost because it's like, all right, well, there's extra people here that are taking things off Greg's plate, but also give me a lot of freedom in my schedule, which I currently need inside of my, my household. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of like, a, oh yeah, you're right. Like that's not really fair to compare, you know, apples to apples on that one. Cause it's really not. And everyone's wired a little bit differently, right? Some people are, they just need to they need to be hitting a, a certain profit goal because they have very aggressive financial goals that they're serious about. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I have goals too, financially. Don't get me wrong, yeah. right? Um, but for the last couple of years, for sure, and I think this is still true, I have not been willing to compromise on my time and my freedom goals in the interest of maximizing profit and financial goals. And that's probably an important reason why now we're thinking about growth Mm. because up until now growth felt like I would have to make a compromise. I'd have to work more. 
I'd have to compromise on my freedom. I'd have to get busy with other things. And I've been waiting for the point where things feel stable enough the way they are that we can grow without my day-to-day changing. And I think that's really the key for me. Um, Frankly, I'm realizing it as we talk it through. That's making me feel like we're ready for growth because now I can see a 20, 30% increase in revenue that doesn't actually affect me personally at all, which wasn't true six months ago or a year ago. Yeah, I like that. And so I guess, how long do you say this, this seat? You've been in the season for almost two years. Yeah, at least a year and a half. Yeah. So um, like key bullet points, like what are the things that have been top of mind, uh, big milestones, things that happened in the last, you know, 18 months? I mean, I, I think the big thing has been team, right? So what precedes that year, the, the last year and a half was a period of rapid growth and scale. Like the, the, the two years before that were basically, you know, zero to 300 K a month, like wild, crazy head spinning. I'm doing everything, burning the candle at both ends, working 60 hours a week. Like that was the previous two years before this stabilization period. We grew really, really fast. And you know, you may recall because we were friends back then, right? My, my, are you saying we're not friends now? We, 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 we were friends as far back as then. Uh, my philosophy back then was I'm going to grow as fast as I can to get to the number that I want. And as long as I can keep my shirt on in the process, I'm good. I'm not worried about it. And for the record, you actually did say that. And here comes my daughter. And that was my philosophy back then. And then we got to that level and then everything shifted and it was like, okay, now that we're here, this is where we wanted to be. Let's optimize. Let's fine tune. Let's streamline which is really about team um, on all sides, marketing team, sales team, fulfillment team. Um, and we basically took turns, you know, kind of like solving those different team problems on the marketing side. I mean, last year and a half, there's been a lot of disruption on the marketing side. You're well aware of that in terms of iOS and changes to our funnels. I mean, our, our marketing now, our funnel looks completely different than it used to two years ago. So there's been a lot of evolution there. Greg's daughter's joining the podcast. Did she get COVID too? Yeah. Oh, Although Poor literally kid. hasn't shown a single sign of it. Oh, good for her. Good for her. She just woke up from a nap. All good. So, All good. We're the, a family we'll, friendly we'll, show here at Becoming CEO. Yeah, right? we are. We'll, con- we'll continue <laughs> rocking and rolling as long as she's Absolutely. Uh, she's good. I mean, if she's got contributions, I'm more than happy to hear them too. She um, probably will say, dad, pay attention to me, which is, didn't we have an episode about being present? <laughs> We did hundred percent. You must, you must have not tuned into that episode. (laughs) So on the market and we got your dog now too, your dog's joining the conversation. There you go. (laughs) On the marketing side, a lot's happened, right? And I got to say, that's probably a big part of why it maybe took us a year and a half to stabilize a lot of disruption. We had to rethink how we do marketing. Our costs went like really high at a period, right? Like think about six months ago when iOS really hit and now we've stabilized again and our, our processes are working really, really well on the fulfillment side, you know, growing as fast as we did in the beginning broke all of our fulfillment processes. I was very hands-on day to day in fulfillment a year and a half ago. Now it actually went the other way. We went very extreme. I was completely removed from it. And now we kind of found a, a happy balance for where we're at, where I'm a little bit involved, but not, you know, not as much as I used to be. And then on the sales side, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. Lots of turnover on the sales team. Um, 
in the end, I think hardest thing I've ever done is build a sales team. <laughs> right. So, you know, just going through, you know, unless I did things terribly wrong, which is possible, just going through the motions of finding people, vetting them, firing people, you know, running your winners and cutting your losers took a couple of years. Don't really feel like I'm there yet, but certainly more stable than we were a year and a half ago. Yeah. I, I feel that obviously, cause like you said, we've, we've been friends since. And like, I feel like we've been in a, you know, maybe while I was trying to grow, not realizing that I needed to be trying to stabilize and we were kind of working on some of those things. Like we've kind of been in the same place, uh, I'd say revenue wise the last couple of years. Um, uh, we have seen like from the outside, if you just looked at revenue, it's like, oh, well we haven't been growing back to like growth is more than just revenue. But like the, uh, how we operate is way healthier. Um, our team has kind of continued to optimize. Some of those systems have become, uh, more repeatable and run, uh, like less ad hoc and less with Greg. Um, and yeah, and there's obviously benefit to that in areas that again, don't necessarily haven't shown on the top line yet. Um, but are felt internally for sure. So I, I feel that, um, isn't that the crux of why people burn out? Like, I mean, going back to how we started this conversation, why do they, why do they burn out with growth? I mean, growth itself scale doesn't, it's not a problem. It's more revenue. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like that's not the issue. The issue is your processes are not able to handle that kind of volume. And then you get taxed and you got to work harder and you got more problems to, to fix. And then you ultimately break. Isn't that the issue? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, Todd Herman posted, um, this thing on Facebook this morning that like really hit home for me that I think kind of ties into some of this. Um, and he said, failure happens because you're pushing past new boundaries into regions you've never been before. Exploration, growth, and learning demand failure. So don't fear failure, fear not failing enough. And I think, you know, not to necessarily ping this just on, on age, but like being almost 40, like I've been in, worse situations than I have in our business. But I think some of the people that, you know, we've seen burn out where, you know, they rose to rapid success, a lot of money, uh, demands, responsibility in late twenties, early twenties, even like, and then they hit this period of, Oh, you have to like now kind of dig through maybe two years of this optimization um, dealing with these things that probably are bigger and heavier than anything you've experienced to date, uh, at that age. And it's like, yeah, you just give up because it seems like that's an easier option, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, I kind of read that this morning. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like everything I'm going through is, is growth. I'm learning a ton. I still love the process. Uh, like I'm still like, I don't love every single day and I'm not like, like I have my moments, but like generally speaking, I still wake up loving what I do every day and enjoy trying to figure this thing out. Like watching you figure out your sales team, like the conversations we've had around that and, you know, client success and all that stuff. It's like, it's still fascinating to me <laughs> and I've never been more intellectually stimulated, you know, 
from a problem solving perspective or an angle. And that's like, I think, I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know if that comes with age or maybe just, I mean, we both have kids. I know some of the people that have, you know, earlier we talked about don't, um, but yeah, like to power <laughs> through this stage is, has been very interesting. The more I think about it, the more I think we were probably wrong at the, at the outset of this episode. I think it's not age. I think it's attitude. Mm. You know, I know, I know plenty of people that are our age or older than us that couldn't handle what we can handle. I don't think it's age. I think it's, it's the amount of time that you spent in your life from the attitude of I'm going to be okay with failure because I'm going to learn from it and get better. Yeah. And there are people who are in their twenties who have that attitude and they learn fast and they fail fast. Hermosi maybe is a good example of that, right? You just, uh, something I say to my clients a lot, right? Like a lot of my clients that, you know, they, they think highly of me, right? They kind of put me on a pedestal, right? Like, look at Ahmed, look at what he did, look at what he, you know, yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And my message to them is, I'm not smarter than you. I've just done more stuff than you in a short amount of time and failed more and picked myself up more and learned from those mistakes. That's really the Probably difference. Probably in some ways also um, more risk, like you're uh, like more tolerant of higher of risk. Higher risk tolerance. Higher risks. Yeah, I mean like the, you know, some of the people that, you know, we work with, um, that come from a place of, Hey, like they're really good at what they do. Right. Um, but becoming better at what they do, uh, from like a fulfillment and delivery perspective, isn't actually what's going to grow the business anymore. Like they need to learn business skills and those things, those are things or learn how to market themselves that are very foreign and new. And those are going to be hard and it's going to feel like failing a lot. And very uncomfortable. And I just think some people, once they hit that, they realize, oh, maybe I don't want to own my own business because all of this other stuff comes along with it. Uh, and I think that's a that's a hard window. Um, you, know, you stop doing the pieces that you like because you need to focus on business skills. Um, and so, like, you're going through all these things that you don't necessarily like anymore, less of the skill that you, you know, fell in love with. Uh, I don't know. That's probably something to that too. So, okay. So, um, not to go down rabbit hole on that, but like you've, uh, made all these optimizations focused on team and, uh, like what clicked that you're like, okay, you know, it's mid 2022 at the time of recording this, we have about six months to go 20 to 30% increase. Like we're ready. What's what you know, was the aha so, or the trigger? Something you and I have talked about quite a bit is it, it, it almost feels like if you get three functions in the business, I know we both think similarly on this, right? Marketing, sales, fulfillment. Those are the three core functions. Mm-hmm. It, it's rare that you have a month in which all three are aligned. <laughs> yeah. right? Like marketing is up, sales is down, sales is up, marketing is down, fulfillment problems here, product breaks, yada, 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 right? There's, it's rare that those things come into alignment. I, I think for, for me, this is probably the first time in the last year and a half where I'm very confident in all three of those pillars. Not to say that they're perfect or things are going as 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 I'd like them to be. There's always challenges, but my my confidence in all three of those, like in terms of like the 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 watermark, right? Like the floor is higher than it's ever been, which has been an impediment to growth in the past, right? Because if I didn't have confidence in my sales team, I'm not gonna raise ad spend. If our marketing costs weren't great, I'm not going to raise ad spend, right? If our fulfillment was broken, I'm not going to enroll more clients, right? So that's always been, one of those three has always been the impediment in the past. 
And uh, I think we've systematically removed those impediments and there's always work to do and there will be more to come. But I think my confidence across the board in the organization is, is higher than it's ever been. Um, probably an unfair question, but if you had to, uh, cause obviously people that are listening, you know, that kind of align with having the three core functions operating, well, they're all kind of working as, you know, at a KPI enough where I'm ready to double down. Um, can you highlight like maybe one thing in each of the three that has, that was improved or is now fixed that allowed it to be at that level? Ooh, interesting question. <laughs> um, I think on the marketing side, This may be a non-answer on the marketing side. I mean, innovation in a word, uh, and that's that's just true for marketing. Is that there's always going to be changes to the to the to the algorithm. Facebook and YouTube are going to throw things at you. Um, Apple's going to get in a fight with Facebook. Like th- these things are going to happen. And we rested on our laurels with the same funnel for a couple of years. It's what got us to where we were. It worked really well for us. And then you know, it just stopped working because of some of the dynamism and the changes in the marketplace. And it was very uncomfortable for us. And we had a really bad you know, two, three month period where we didn't know what to do. And then we finally innovated and we started testing new things and we found a new process that works really well. So on the marketing side, I think just getting comfortable with innovation and now we're getting more comfortable with like consistent innovation. We, we, we stalled for a while and now we're just getting better at testing new things before we need them. That's been a big shift. On the sales side, Honestly, I, I think it's just time. Um, it takes time to build a sales team. It takes time for them to develop confidence in the offer. You know, our best performing sales professionals right now, one has been with me for a year and a half. <laughs> and he's done probably a couple of million dollars in revenue. Like he's just done enough volume and seen enough of his clients succeed to have bulletproof belief in what we're offering. And he's just really good. Right. Mm -hmm. But it took me a year and a half to get him here. It was not a six month deal. The other one was a former client whose, whose partnership basically dissolved. She did really well in our program. She had so much belief in it that she wanted to sell it and she's another top performer. Right. And so I can't predictably find these people and train them and get them to a certain level. It's not that simple. It takes time. Mm. And we, and that's what we've been doing for the past year and a half. And then on the fulfill- fulfillment this? side, yeah, um, I gotta say same thing team. You know, when we, a year and a half ago, we rebuilt our fulfillment model. We hired a bunch of new coaches. We made it less reliant on me and it wasn't practical for them to step in and just do what I could do on day one or day 30 or day a hundred. And we've got the same core team we've had for the past year and a half. The difference is they're just better than they were. Mm. Love it. And so now that you're like ready to grow, is it quote unquote as simple as now you're just going to raise your ad spend or start slowly increasing your ad spend? That's my hope. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in fairness, I've been trying to isolate everything else so that it is that simple. That is not a simple thing, though, to be fair, right? Because raising ad spend, um, it disrupts the model. Your CPMs are going to go up. 
Um, there's all kinds of questions about vertical versus horizontal scaling. So even that in and of itself is a fairly complex process. Yeah. yeah. What I've been trying to do is isolate everything else so that that's solved. So we can focus on that one thing, which I think will be our focus in Q3. Cool. I mean, that was good. I liked it. Uh, I think it was really useful. Um, Where do we go from here? I mean, I mean, let's see what happens. <laughs> I may come back. To I guess for the, for like, for folks that um, looking back on it now, how might you advise someone to say, "Hey, maybe you need to go into a season of stabilization um, versus growth." Man, I know you talked about having those three yeah. core functions kind of in alignment. Um, is there anything other than that that you might advise someone on? I, I have a fairly counterintuitive takeaway here. And here's what it is. What allowed me to think about growth again was being satisfied with the way things are. Ooh. If I was very dissatisfied with the current state, I would be growing from my perspective, my viewpoint here. I'd be growing from a, an unhealthy place. I'd be trying to pursue growth in order to fix, uh, fix the way things currently are. And I don't know that that's healthy. I'm going into growth, frankly, content with the way things are. Like, I, don't, I don't have a big problem with the way things are. I, I like the way things are. We're growing because we want to. But honestly, if it doesn't work out and we stay at this level, I'm good. And that just makes it healthier to me. It's less stress. Um, I don't have as much need <coughs> from the process. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and it, it allows me to approach the challenge of growth and scale with a level head. I love that. So I think the takeaway, if, if you're questioning, you know, am I ready to grow, ready, ready, to, uh, ready to scale, or should I be stabilizing, is are you okay with the way things are right now? If you're not, that tells me something's got to be fixed first. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a client that they were like, you know, they have their front end program working really, really well. And they're like, I want to design my back end. And, but they've been like very like hesitant to start. I'm like, all right, like you've been like tiptoeing starting this thing. Like why? He's like, well, I don't really want to do it. I was like, well, why don't you want to do it? He's kind of looks down at the numbers and he's like, well, he's like, we're not even really profitable. <laughs> like the way we're doing things right now on the front end. And he's like, so to, to add something else to something that like, while it's working, it needs to be working better than it is. He's like, I feel like I should be focused on that. And I was like, well, good. That's a good observation. <laughs> so like, let's go into optimization mode. Right. And figure out how to, you know, he's raising his price and, you know, optimizing some sales team and, and doing some of those things to like make this thing that has gotten him here actually working. And I'm sure he'll feel the same way. It's like, Hey, this is all working now. It's awesome. Uh, now let's increase our LTV, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I love that. Makes sense. I love that. Uh, for the sake of your daughter who's sleeping on your shoulder, we should probably wrap it up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good, good executive decision. 
All right, folks. Thanks for listening, Greg. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.